in Mexico, in the city of Chihuahua, there are many old houses that go back generations. One of the old streets where these houses can be found is called Avenida Sarco. One of the houses on this street had belonged to one family for many generations. And at some point in the early 1900s, a maid had died in one of these houses. She'd been serving in that home most of her life. One of those cases where she essentially was a part of the family. She loved them. They loved her. Apparently, after she passed away, she decided to stick around. And so things would get tidied up here and there. Flowers adjusted. Couch cushions moved around. Small things. It's even said that sometimes the family would see her as an apparition. Tidying up here and there making sure the family was taken care of. So she remained a part of that home. And generation after generation, they enjoyed having her around. Unfortunately, over the years, the family's fortune had dwindled enough to where they had to give up the house. They put it up for sale. Before they moved out, they commissioned an artist to come and create a painting of the house. He set up outside, created a beautiful painting, and delivered it to the family in their new home. They asked him how he knew about the woman, the maid. He didn't know what they were talking about. He hadn't heard any of these stories. But there in the painting, in a window, was the silhouette of a woman. He had not painted it. We were on vacation in Chihuahua one time. My father had told me this story years before. I wanted to see the house, so he took me down there. I'd been carrying a camera around this whole vacation, and I took two pictures of that house. When we got back home, and I had the pictures developed, because back then you had to have pictures developed, those two pictures didn't turn out. Nothing was visible. Just foggy blackness with some gray, smoky swirls. But every other picture on that film turned out just fine. So... Is there something about that house? If you know me, you know I like to believe there was. I'm Albie Robles, and I want you to scare me. You know I'm a fan of Stephen King's work. And years ago, I joined a group on Facebook that is all Stephen King fans. A lot of great people in that group, made a lot of friends. And one of these friends is Julie Jelinas. She's a musician and has had a lot of crazy experiences, which I asked her to share on the podcast. If you want to check out her music, the link is available on the show notes. Here she is, Julie Jelinas. My name is Julie Jelinas. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm also a yoga teacher. I have a very magnetic aura about me in the sense that it's very sensitive. I'll feel a difference in a room uh, if there's any paranormal activity or even regular electrical activity, uh, atmospheric changes for the weather. I can't wear a watch. Um, I can't wear any type of watch, whether it be a battery-operated, wind-up, digital. Uh, watches just die on me. 
credit cards um, lose their magnetic strip. Um, tablets won't recognize my fingers. So when I touch the screen, it, <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, so I've always been that way. I messed up uh, quite a few computers. <laughs> I also have, um, I have a sense of touch where I can feel things from objects. But this is not something that I control. I wish I could. It, I would really like that. But um, <clears throat> I can't take a piece of jewelry from you and tell you stuff about you. That's not how it works for me. It'll just happen when I touch something and I'm not expecting it. So I'll tell you two different uh, occasions. I was... Um, bringing my son to um, his guitar lessons, which were at the town hall, which was a building near the church, which used to be a convent. So I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, or I hadn't thought about it. Uh, so I brought my son to his guitar lessons, and as we're going up the stairs, and I put my hand on the wooden banister, I immediately had a vision of what had been there before. <laughs> So I I had a vision of that same stairway with a nun standing on the first on the top riser and with the children uh all girls going up the stairs with the same um uniform and the girls would on the left would be holding the banister with their left hand and holding their their skirts up with the right And the girls on the right side were holding the right banister and holding their skirts up on the left in order not to trip. And that's just that vision that I had. And and it was really cool. And when I got home, I tried to look it up on internet. And that's when I saw that what used to be a convent. Um, but I never had any other, like I haven't found photos of that but her face the nun if I would see um, any vintage photos I would recognize her at once and another time was way less fun we were at a train museum in Saint Constant Quebec because I'm from Canada Quebec Canada and this is this place has all kinds of trains from many, many different eras that you can visit. And we went into uh, one of the trains and I was near um, where they were putting the coal, where they used to like fuel the train by burning coal. And when I was in that compartment near that, <laughs> the place where they put the coal, I had, I put my hand on the wall because it's a very narrow space and immediately I knew someone had been strangled right there on the moving train. Um, I don't know why and I don't know what had happened exactly, but I had a vision of the man pinning the other man against the wall and strangling him with both, both hands. And I also felt as if I was the one being strangled because I started seeing a blackness and having difficulty breathing and I just had to get out of there. 
So these are things that happen with the sense of touch. Another thing that happened when I was a teenager was I was just cooking something and I put my fork on the counter. Like I, I'm, I was making pasta and I just mixed the, the pasta with the fork and tasted one to see if it was ready. And then I put my fork down and I turned to get something in the fridge and I heard a, a, like a clang. And when I turned back, the fork was bent and it was spinning. So that was really creepy because I didn't have many physical things happen to me in, in the house, but that was really creepy. The fork was bent. Another experience with uh, seeing ghosts, I was driving and I was approaching an overpass and I saw a guy standing there looking down at the traffic below. And I thought to myself, oh man, this guy is thinking of jumping. And as my car approached I was wondering, is there a place I could get on the side and call the police or something? But as I was approaching, he just wasn't there anymore. And it wasn't like an illusion where sometimes you see a post and you're like, this sort of looks like a man. And you're like, oh, no, it was just a post. No, there was he was there and then he wasn't. I did not look up to see if anyone had ever jumped there, though. My supervisor, where I used to work, um, didn't really believe in reincarnation or that there was a life after death. And I really wanted her to believe it. And I felt that it would help her in her life if she would believe it. So I asked her, is there anyone deceased that you really love that you would like to have a message from? And I said, I'm going to try and get a message for you. And I had no idea if I could do that, but I felt that I that I probably could. And since it was for a good reason, I, I figured I'd try. So she told me, yeah, my grandmother. She was uh, very close to her grandmother, and her grandmother ha had uh, passed away a while ago. So um, for three nights before going to sleep, I would think about this person's grandmother and say it would really help her in her life if she had faith can you please give me a message so that she will know it's you and one night on the third night I dreamt of um, this beautiful old grandma um, with a thing like a, a handkerchief on her head and she had um like uh, gardening clothes on and an apron and she was digging up stuff and in my dream I walked towards her and she got up and said oh hi I'm so-and-so's grandmother so I said do you have a message for her that that she'll know that it's you and she said please tell her that the carrots grow beautifully and straight so I'm like okay then So that was sort of lame for me. So, but I said, that's the message, that's the message, right? So when I went to work, I told uh, my supervisor, I saw your grandma. And when I started describing her with the kerchief on her head and the apron, she was like, yeah, this fits. But I could see in her face that it was like 
could be a wild guess and also this person is Portuguese so maybe it's stereotypical that her grandmother had a garden and would have an apron I don't know but then when I said the message I said uh, she wants you to know that the carrots grow beautifully and they're straight she just started crying so I'm like okay then and um when when she explained to me that her grandma had a garden in the backyard but the earth was very hard so she like she couldn't have potatoes and certain root vegetables would just grow completely crooked because it would have to go around lumps of rock and chunks of whatever was in the earth so her carrots were always crooked and you couldn't slice them to make a nice salad so that really proved to her that her grandmother had sent her a hello from the other side And another story from my friend MJ, we'll call her MJ, finds her dream house. She loves the house. She's she moves in with her family, her two kids and her husband and she feels it's really her home. She loves the house. Then they start doing renovations and as soon as the renovations start, she starts feeling different in the house. She starts feeling watched. Um, she starts feeling uneasy. Um, she doesn't know where these feelings are coming from. I told her that spirits often don't like you messing with the decorations, with like renovations. If there's a spirit that's living peacefully in your house and you start renovating, they don't like that. So she has this feeling, but she doesn't do anything about it or say anything except to her husband. And she says, "Well, maybe I'm just nervous. Maybe I'm just tired." And with all this renovation and working and her daughter has suddenly an imaginary friend named Gorilla and her daughter's telling her about Gorilla we did this we played with that na 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 and she doesn't really pay attention to her daughter she's just like that's nice but on the third day while they're having dinner she says well now I'm going to take the time to actually talk to my daughter so what what's with this Gorilla how how is she like or how is he like who is this friend you have and um her daughter says well it's a man so mj is creeped out a bit and says okay uh but what else can you tell me about gorilla and her daughter says well you're afraid of him he says you don't like him so now she was really creeped out and um she didn't want to scare her daughter or anything but she said well next time you play with him i want to know about it and all this and not much longer after that her neighbor called her and uh, her neighbor had also a young child a son and um her son said who was that man uh, across the road at MJ's house in the garage so the mom says well that's that's the husband that's so and so's dad the kid says no the other man so she says what other man there was the dad there was MJ and there was your friend and the kid says no but the other man that was standing in the corner all along who was that <laughs> so he had also seen gorilla 
But there's no, there's no finish to this story. They just, uh, he's there and uh, they don't know who it is. And uh, the kids can see him. Oh, another thing I'd like to say, though. When I was young, I had no fear of these things. I was, like most teenagers, fearless. I really believed in myself and I believed we couldn't be touched by these things. So I was very prompt to investigate, very prompt to go into this. But now, later as an adult with kids, and uh, I'm much more fearful now. I don't want to feel those things creeping around my house. I reject these things and I, I try to stay away from them now. Um, I still have that sense of touch and the sense of of magnetic power in my hands. And that's why I learned to do Reiki healing so I can heal with my hands. And I've put all my energy into yoga and positive light, positive energy. I've heard too many stories where people have actually gotten hurt and these things are real. And you, you can't mess with these things. That's it. Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albiroblesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Albi Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. Additional sound beds are provided by Stephen D. Voiceovers. You can follow us on social media. We are Scare Me Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.albiroblesvoice.com. <laughs>